Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about meaning. And yeah, we talk about meaning a lot, but there's some new data and some new research. We can't wait. Listen up. (laughs) Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. Clinkity clink clink clink. Clinkity clink clink with my non-alcoholic cocktail. Sad, sad, sad. I think you just spilled it on yourself. I did by just the way. a little bit. Just a little bit. Cause right? Because it's not just when it's alcoholic. And we're here today on a on Mocktail Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> to talk to you about women and work. Cause we want y'all to get joy and ease and meaning which is what we're going to talk about today right yes and we're uh, recording this show on the traditional lands of the lemmy nation which we appreciate and we honor and we respect and uh we try to learn about Mm -hmm. and i just feel like so super grateful Mm -hmm. so super grateful as a friend of mine uh, would say the unseated land which is a matter of i don't know if that's actually true yeah it's complicated. Someday I'll look into it, and someday I'll report back. Okay. Someday. That, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a drink and mocktails and the clinkity clink. It's just interesting every once in a while. You know, these these uh, very expensive and unfortunate mocktails <laughs> are... <laughs> Kirsten, I said, you're drinking one of these with me tonight. And she said, she took one sip, and she goes, you know what I found out about, found about these mocktails? And my instant response was, what, they make a good mixer? I mean, literally, this would be really It'd good be with tequila. really good mixer with tequila or vodka. <laughs> if you exactly. liked rum, you could put rum in it. I don't like rum, but if you did. This would be a good rum mixer, too. Totally. Alone with a big ice. I can't fake. It's not, it's not doing it for me. But anyway, we're drinking that. And we just came in from a full day. It's evening. But before we came in on the microphone, um... I was waiting for Kirsten because... Because I was late. Because she was late. Incidentally, she did text me and say, hey, I have to run this quick errand. I'm going to be 10 minutes late. And then I didn't see it till it was 25 minutes late. But anyway, um, I was on my swing. I was playing playing in the yard. I came home from work. I didn't even go in the house. I didn't change anything. I was like, I'm going to sit on this swing. In the sunshine. In the sunshine. I'm going to feel the cool, crisp air. And I'm going to enjoy myself as inspired by our episode yes, on play. By that last episode. You know I'm still deep in this experiment. Are you, you are you still tracking my it? daily habit of play? Yeah. Yeah. Finding something every day that feels playful. And I it was very mindful of my own need to be outside. I came home from a harried work day and just feeling like uh wait, calm down. Go enjoy yourself a little bit. Which I just want to take a beat here and say, this is not a usual experience Mm-mm. for you. Like, it's my everyday experience, of course. <laughs> no. People know that. Ah, my gosh, what's going on? But it's interesting for you to be in this place. It's very unusual. I don't like it. I know. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I, I got to go back and listen to those episodes about boundaries and time. I'm really good at time management. But I just have been saying yes to way too many things. And I'm realizing, uh And this whole conversation reinforces what my belief is about all of this stuff. Balance is always in motion. Yeah. Right? Even you, who's got great boundaries, blah, 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 you get out of balance. Yeah. It's part of it. You just got to get back in. It's also interesting as it ties into the show. And I hadn't thought about this until just this second. 
But you talked about how meaning changes throughout your life. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear more about that. And, and, I, and, but I, and, bef- and before I stop talking, though, and let you say anything, <laughs> I want to say what I'm realizing is I think I said yes to these clients and these projects, believing that they were going to provide me with some, something meaningful that is no longer meaningful to Ooh, me. Ooh, very interesting observation. Yeah. I'm going to say, and I think I said, yeah, and I, and I, maybe I said yes, because I saw dollar signs, right? Every new client, new project means mm-hmm. I'm billing more hours. Mm-hmm. And now I'm realizing, wait, my t- personal time and ha- having a more flexibility provides far more meaning. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm having and more space. I'm having one of those moments and yeah, an aha moment. Yeah. So tell, t- tell me about the podcast. Cause I, that you heard about meaning. Cause I didn't listen to it. So a friend of mine sent me a podcast and Marie sent me this podcast, 10% happier, which I have listened to in the past, but which I'm not a regular listener of. And it, she did not know this when she sent it to me, we were preparing for this episode on meaning because mm-hmm. the universe is rich mm-hmm. and abundant mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. delivers you Juicy nuggets, right? Yeah. So I got this juicy nugget of 10% happier. And it is, I think his name is Dan um, Harris, who does that. And his guest was Bruce, I think you pronounce his name, Filer. So this is a guy who wrote an entire book on meaning. Mm. We can go deep, deep into it. The thing that I really took away from this that was so like, Nugget like the nugget, but also like intuitive, okay. but also like, did I not get this? Or oh yeah, thanks for saying this. You know how there's yeah. some things yeah. that's like so obvious, but someone's gotta say it. Us on this show. There we I go. I think that's why Master we have listeners. Of the obvious. <laughs> okay, there we go. Fair enough. Bruce says that meaning throughout our life really changes mm-hmm. depending on our circumstances and our experiences. Sure. So he, I think he, in his research, talked to like 1,500 people about meaning. Maybe it was 2,000. Lots of folks. And he reported that on average, most people have 20 work quakes. That's what he calls them. He calls them work quakes. Like, what am I doing? Right. Is this right? Do yeah. I need to make a change? Yeah. In their life. Prompted by all kinds of things. Okay. It can be prompted by your circumstances. Like, how old your kids are, how much money you need to make. Do you have other caretaking obligations? Do you have the ability to pursue something that is more creative and less financially rewarding? So all of this can be circumstances. The part that it, they can also be experiences. Mm. And he tells this story about this fancy pantsy Silicon Valley ad exec who had the biggest company in the Silicon Valley that was doing ad work between the U.S. and China. The CEO of that company went to and saw Al Gore's movie, Inconvenient Truth. Mm -hmm. And his just basically his brain blew up. And two years later, he found himself as a climate activist. Okay. So you can have things happen in your life where you say, like you just said, I don't think I care about that anymore. Yeah. No, I don't care about it as much. Or you don't care about it as much. Or you can have, so you can have those circumstances or you can have experiences. Yeah. And I have to say, when I had breast cancer, 
that created a work quake for me. It was a personal experience that I had that changed the way I looked at work. Which then changes how you define meaning or Mm -hmm. what is meaningful. Exactly. Thank you for finishing that sentence. Just to kind of bring that, to land the plane. Good friends, finish sentence Good friends, land the plane. So, and I think that I want to... That really resonates with me. Isn't that just a fabulous thing? Like this opportunity for change. Like Mm -hmm. it's like sometimes I think we're afraid to decide on what we find meaningful. Yeah. Right. I find because it's like, oh, if I'm really stuck in that. No, you're not. Right. Like if you make the wrong decision about what's meaning to you, meaningful to you, or your decision changes Mm -hmm. because of whatever Mm -hmm. else is going on. Yeah. Yes, you can do. And I think I want to I want to amend my statement because I don't think I said yes because I saw dollar signs. I think I said yes out of scarcity. Right. When an opportunity comes my way, I don't want to let it pass Mm -hmm. up because everything built on something else. And I was I think that I'm I my transition. I think I'm in a I'm not building anymore. I'm not building my business, my consultancy. I'm I'm trying to find like the stasis. And that's which, of course, never exists. No, I know, but I'm saying I think my work quake is I've Trying gotten to keep so busy that I don't have can I don't have the same kind of th- I don't have the life I want the lifestyle I, th- I want where you find meaning where I find meaning mm-hmm. I gotta back it down a mm-hmm. little bit that's my like oh yeah I will look back out and go remember when I said yes to all that stuff and I was working evenings and weekends and then you know because became I think Kirsten Barron well not quite really but, I know but you find I know you find your work meaningful yes but there are other things in your life that are also meaningful yeah and so when all your work meaning takes up all your meaning space yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. So, what characterizes meaningful work? This was, this was. I mean, you know, we're talking all about it in theory, but I started kind of back in that. You know, mm-hmm. back in I don't mm-hmm. know when backing. I was like backing down that train. <laughs> like, how about a mixed metaphor? <laughs> Let's just throw a couple more of those in here. But I was, yeah. What characterizes meaningful work? How 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 would I know? Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people who've done work on this, as we know, because we read their stuff. We went to their websites. And we are going to talk about some new research, which is very interesting. Yeah, we combed their articles. But there was somebody that, uh, and it was not Michael Steger, I will say. I don't remember who it was, but they characterized meaningful work as positive, purposeful, personally significant. I know you love alliteration. You know I do. And worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And so think about that. Positive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has to be good, purposeful. You have to kind of know where you're. That it's you know. What's the point? It's get you're getting somewhere, personally significant and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So that is what we're talking about. But then this dude's Michael Steger from the Work and Meaning Inventory, which I swear we've talked about before. The Whammy. Oh, we have talked about Remember, the Whammy. Remember, because I didn't yeah. like that name. You hated the name. I hate. I think you hated the name too. Well, I get confused because the Whammy is also the collection of colleges and universities in like a four state area. Really? Isn't yeah. it? And I think it's also some sort of self-driving car thing. I was listening to I don't Malcolm either, Gladwell. But okay. For, well, for anyway, purposes of this, for, it is a work and meaning inventory. Yeah. Which personally, and I can't believe the same acronym. Mm-hmm. It's the same terrible Lots acronym. Lots of whammies. Lots of whammies. Anyway, he identified three core components of meaningful work and he's created this whole scale, the whammy, the whammy mm-hmm. assessment. The whammy. Um, but he basically says the same thing I did. The core components of meaningful work are the degree to which people find their work to have significance and purpose, again, purposeful, Mm -hmm. uh, the contribution work makes to finding broader meaning in life, Mm -hmm. 
and the desire and means for one's work to make a positive contribution to the greater good, mm. which you love, right? You know, I love that. I know. I looked over mm-hmm. and I saw your face. You were, you had to put your mocktail down to I make that smile. I had to put my smile. mocktail down and make a smile. I was like, yes, <laughs> sing it. Yeah. It's like the siren song for me. And so he asks all of these questions. We can put a link in the show notes. I think there might have been seven. There maybe are seven or ten questions that he asks that you can answer to determine if you indeed are engaging in meaningful work. And here is the interesting thing about this assessment. You get to decide. Yeah. It is up to you. Like, there's no external source. Yeah. Like, you know, usually when we take these quizzes or these assessments, it's like, what do you like? I like this, 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 and this. Well, that means you like that, right? So there's like, it feels like there's a formula yeah. that puts out, that creates an outcome. Mm-hmm. Those are called push poles. Whatever. Right? Whatever. But that's how I feel like a lot of what we of what I see is. Yeah. This one is like, no. Do you believe yeah. that you found a meaningful career? Yeah. Do you believe that your work contributes to your personal growth? Mm-hmm. Do you believe your work makes a difference in the world? Do you understand how what you do adds to life's meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you discovered work that has a satisfying purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, I found one of his questions is, have you, I have, have you found a meaningful career? Which I think is a little broad. I'm not going to lie. Steger, Steger, Michael. That one I take issue with. That was the first question. But I, I, oh, have I found a meaningful career? You know, I feel like these questions are really just these different reflections of our own opinions. Yeah. And so they just, it's like a, it's like a, you know, it's like on a diamond, there's all these different facets, right? Different ways to look at things. Sure. Like my work helps me make sense of the world. Yeah. Right. Um, my work helps me better understand myself. Yes. And so I have to say for these questions, I'm like, yes. Yeah. My work constantly makes me grow. It constantly makes me, shows me things about myself that I wouldn't otherwise see. Yeah. I do understand that I have the ability to impact people's lives. I've always said, like, I am not a Gandhi. I am not a Martin Luther King. I'm not that kind of person. But I can help one person at a time. Yeah. Right? So it's a really, I'll put it in the show notes. It's really, I love this because we decide yeah. if it's meaningful. Yeah. Nobody else says, Nobody else oh, does. yeah, this is meaningful work for you. So despite the great. name, you love the whammy. I agree. I really liked it. And I liked that what we're talking about is what characterizes meaningful mm-hmm. work. Later on, and when we talk about the new research, we're going to talk about conditions that create meaningful work. But really, it's this, you know, you got to start with what are the characters of it? What, mm-hmm. How do I know? How do I look internally Check in with my brain. Ask yourself these questions. And ask myself these questions. Um, Oh, and I think it's really important, just as an aside, to wait for the answers. Oh. Like, sometimes we just need to sit quietly with a question. Yeah. And wait for the answer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just don't, like, rush into your answer. (laughs) I'm usually Give yourself a minute. (laughs) You remind me of our brand new stretch class instructor. Folks, for those of you who don't know, Kirsten and I are taking a stretch class where we lay around on the floor and for an hour and 10 minutes or something. And do four stretches. Because we're just like deep into it. And they're making us always check. They're also making me check in with my brain and my body. 
I know what really come on. I got shit to do. Um, anyhow, you reminded me of that. Sorry, you're channeling our no, it's okay. you're channeling Jeffrey. But so, and and again, I we didn't see this at the beginning. I'm going to go back for just a second. The reason we care so much about meaning, not only because it's in our tagline, which you know we love, ease, meaning, and joy, but because re- research shows that meaningfulness is more important to us than yes. A- what you finish what you're saying that I have something to tag tag to on there right after. Okay, you. it's more important to us than any other aspect of our jobs, including pay, and rewards, and promotion, and working conditions, um, and and so it is the thing. It is the flipping thing. And the I I like it that we did not talk about this first. Oh. Because we're getting into that part of the research that we'll be talking about that talks about benefits of. Yeah. Right? And like, sometimes I get, honestly, like I know it's important to look at productivity and engagement and longevity and all those things and how it increases work and how people make more money and they they produce more and all of those things. Right? I, I, I'm all for that. Yeah. But I am more about the meaning itself. Yeah. For each of us individually. Sure. And what it creates for us individually. And what it creates for us individually. So I love it that we didn't talk about this first. I love it that it's the next thought, not the first thought. Mm. Because the first thought is our own experience mm-hmm. with meaning in our jobs. Got it. That's the whammy. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying that. I just wanted to say, you said, I, I want to go back. And I think this is exactly the right time to talk about it. Th- good. Just to be. Uh, I love that about you. And the reason I'm even bringing this up is because I want to, I just, I want to like stress that the really important part is your own sense of meaning. Yeah. Okay, there we go. I'm done. You've stressed it. I'm getting off my soapbox. No, I really do like that. And also that's the attorney folks hanging out with Kirsten. It's not for the week at heart. It is not. Oh my gosh. You're so right. Okay. So why else? Why else do we care about meaning? Not only because it's the most important thing for people in Mm -hmm. the job, but because there are a lot of benefits. You know, McKinsey, you know, our friends over at McKinsey. Our good friends. Our good friends. uh, They found that meaning in their work, sorry, employees who have found meaning in their work are 75% more committed to their organization and nearly 50% less likely to leave. Isn't that when crazy? their jobs are meaningful, when their yeah. jobs are meaningful, mm-hmm. 70, that is phenomenal mm-hmm. number. That is a phenomenal number. And to dovetail with that, the energy project, which is training and consulting company surveyed 12,000 employees in all kinds of jobs and industries. And they found something very similar hmm. that employees were three times more likely to stay if they felt that their work at the company was meaningful. Yeah. They also found, unfortunately though, that only 50% of employees believe their work is meaningful. Oh, that's, it's 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 an opportunity. It is a great opportunity. It's a 50% opportunity. Yep. Um, here, this one I actually quoted today that um, this Canadian study by ServiceNow found that office workers would give up nearly $9,000 in their annual pay for a more fulfilling job. That, that, that people would prefer to take less money than if, if it made it if it made their jobs meaningful. My husband, Barry. He's a perfect example mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. He was in a job that paid really well and had great benefits, but he just wasn't feeling it. And he took a pay cut to move to an, a business, to an organization that he 
really is committed to. He has he feels very valued and meaning, full of meaning. Yeah. And it's, you know, when I was listening to that 10% Happier podcast with that Bruce Fellier guy, he said something similar. This makes sense. He said that his research showed that, and he just did this from, he just characterized millennials, which is Mm. interesting, Mm -hmm. that generational group. They would give up a third, a third of their lifetime (laughs) earnings for meaningful work so it so if you look at the generations that are that haven't been in the workplace as long yeah it seems to be more important even to them yeah which is pretty consistent with our generational yeah it is i I read somewhere um you know like kind of a word to the wise like Mm -hmm. if if the way that you're trying to increase employee retention is higher raises and more benefits, you're definitely missing the mark. You're missing the mark. You are missing the mark. Um, And then also, of course, employees are more engaged and healthier Mm. and 10 times more likely to experience overall well-being, which also speaks to the importance of work. And we're spending so much time and energy Mm -hmm. and focus in your job that positive, meaningful work makes you 10 times more um, what did I just say? More likely to experience well-being. Yeah. More, <laughs> like, wait, what was it? It was such a good descriptor. But I'll, and here, I'll bring in the punchline for you. It's like it. Yeah, it makes it makes. Yeah, it adds significantly to your well-being. Yeah, and so I guess if we're focusing on the self, then you have an opportunity to to cho- like choose wisely mm-hmm. and and choose according to whatever work quake just happened and shifted your and direction. Change your mind. Change your mind, and check in with yourself to make sure that you are engaged in meaningful work, et cetera, et cetera. You also, if you're a leader, right. Yes. If you're somebody who can craft situations, uh, you can actually create meaning for your employees. And this is where the new research comes in. Yeah. It's our good buddy, Jer Clifton. We love Jer. We love Jer Clifton and his colleagues, Zachary Mercurio, Tamara Miles, Wesley Adams. um, They have been looking and studying what can you do as a leader? Yeah to create more meaning at work for folks. Yeah. And this is where so much of my passion lies. I know you, I mean, I'm just going to sit back and drink my mocktail because you're <laughs> going to take, down. I'm going to choke, choke down, down mocktail. <laughs> my mocktail without the tequila uh. and have you just tell us what's happening. No, I just, I mean, I am such a strong, I have worked for leaders that significantly impacted my life and I have, I have and I have helped businesses who have leaders who are significantly impacting their employees' lives for the bad, for the good and the bad. And it is and leaders create so many conditions and model behaviors and elevate and tell us what's okay and tell us what's not okay through a variety of things that they just really have I so feel much. Like leaders create the atmosphere. Yeah, they really and do. the gravity. Yes, mm-hmm. and and I, when I say atmosphere. I don't mean candlelight. No. I mean oxygen. <laughs> You're not talking romance. No, I'm not talking about candlelight and, you know, light fixtures sure. and, you know, what is the hard, what does the floor look like? Like that kind of atmosphere. I'm talking about like the, the air that we breathe. Yes. What is in the sky? Yes. What are the birds flying in? I yes. think they create the atmosphere. Yeah. 
Yes. And according to Jer and his buddies' research, um, they've come up with six leadership practices that are signif- that have a significant, in fact, have the most impact on meaning for employees. And I told Kirsten, don't read the study that, uh, you know, sometimes there's really good research where, where we're like, and then they put the rat in the cage and then they did this and then they did this. None of that happened in this. They just did a lot of literature review and a lot of interviews and a lot of observations. And a lot of data analysis yeah. that I did not understand. Yeah. I'll just be honest. I never took statistics. So I'm already, you know, at a deficit. <laughs> and then I was reading it. I was like, oh, can't. No, it's definitely written for the um, academic. But I've already a, a cut and pasted this list for a variety of people that I'm working with. So let's go through these. Do you mind? I don't know. I don't... Oh, I just sitting here with my mocktail waiting for you to go through the okay, list. You just because you're super excited about talking. it. So, okay, the first one is communicating the work's bigger impact. And what this really looks like is making sure that um, employees understand the context within which they are working and their connection, the connection between their contribution and the end result. They don't just want to do their tasks. They want to see how they fit into the larger picture. And by the way, I have to tell you, I feel like in my work, this is so easy for me because we serve the client. Yeah. And so I can always explain why we're doing this in order to help the client. And why are we helping the client? Because we're helping solve problems. We're helping ease suffering. Right. We're helping create things, put things together for them. Right. Yeah. So I feel like in my in my world specifically, this is really an easy thing for me to incorporate in almost every conversation I have with people. And you should because it is the number one. This is the most strongly associated uh, practice. And I will say, I have these conversations more with newer people huh. than with with people who've been there longer. I feel like they already know. They get it. And I'm going to check in about that now that I'm thinking about it. I'm going to check in. Yeah, you should. I have a client who does property management um, and they own some buildings in our downtown. And, you know, everybody from the leasing agent to the, um, you know, the person who's doing the finance to the person who's helping to clean or doing maintenance, like we're all that like the meaning in that is we're providing homes and we're yes. providing opportunities for people to explore, explore their dreams, dream businesses to contribute to the community. Right. There's the, um, you know, teachers find a lot of meaning. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, so because you can, but I think you, the challenge for uh, managers is to really connect the work to the larger, the greater good mm-hmm. and the organization's sort of uh, goal. And that takes me back to that study that we did that we read about, the Wierski study yes. on job crafting. Yes. Which we'll talk about a little later, but it is like they talked about finding meaning in every, I mean, in everything. In everything. Right? Finding meaning in all kinds of work. And connecting it to the greater good. Connect, yeah. Okay, the second one is recognizing and nurturing potential. Basically creating development opportunities mm-hmm. for your employees. If you've got something, this is the second biggest one. These are in kind of in ranked order. Um, so it's really, how do we challenge? How do we learn how do we grow our employees so employee development is so these are things like sitting down with folks every year and saying what do you want to learn this year Mm -hmm. by the way here's a pot of money you can spend a thousand dollars this year learning something new what do you want to learn or seeing and recognizing in the moment when Mm. someone is bringing you an innovative idea that means they are motivated to make change happen 
um, nurturing potential. You look like somebody who is really great at and motivated to solve problems. I'm gonna. Would you? Could would you, you want to do this? Could you tackle yeah. this little thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, you know, I love it when I'm sitting around a table and there are jobs to do, and like everybody, and there are all these comments like, "Oh, well, you're super good at that. How do you feel about that?" Or, "Oh, this is." I love. Yes. I love watching, and I get to do that so much as a lawyer in client meetings. Yeah, watching that happen. Yes. Yeah. The third thing, um, in, again, in ranked order was fostering personal connections. And interestingly, the researchers found that allowing team members to build connections without sort of structure was really important. Um, lunches and after hour socials and volunteer opportunities, that kind of thing. So again, these top three really are helping your employees see how their work is connected to the bigger picture or the bigger good making use of their potential, making use of, maybe that's not the right word, but making like making use of fostering, yeah, fostering their potential and letting them build friendships and personal connections at work. That those three things are like the, 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 you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can't do that. The leaders lead, that's a leader's job. That is the leader's job. It's not saying, yeah, let me know what you want to do. I'm sure it'll be fine. Mm. It's saying, I see you and I see how important you are and I want you to try this thing, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know why I said whatever there, but I'm just going to say whatever. The <laughs> two, the three other things that are on their list are discussing values and organizational purpose during the hiring process and throughout. So really making sure that people understand the organizational values and um, and their and the, the organization's purpose Um, But, and this is number five, you as a leader have to embody those values and act with integrity. Yes. Or it doesn't go anywhere. Because then it's a lie. Because then it's a lie. And you know, folks have a tough time with that. They have a really... Incongruity is distracting. Yes. At the very least. At the very least. And this practice was the most negatively correlated with that, like, I'll say it another way. Meaning when, um, sorry, when employees see their leaders acting in a way that's contrary to values based behavior, they're more likely to leave. This is the one that's the most got the oh, most yeah. negative correlation to it. Um, and then the last one was giving employees freedom. So autonomy and friendship and purpose and working for a leader they can be proud of because that leader actually does what they say, walks the talk. That's how leaders can craft meaning for employees. Can create the atmosphere. Can create the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, when when your leader does that and you are doing work that is in line with where you are in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like that back mm-hmm. to that first stuff, you've got the recipe for that for it, for ease, meaning and joy mm-hmm. with one one addition thrown on top. Right. OK, I'm waiting with bated breath for that. What is that? It's mindfulness. Oh, of course. Yes. Yes. Right. Which is where we like. This is, this is, we're back to where we started, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether you have meaning is up to you, right? Yeah. You get to decide if you have meaning. But when you decide, you have to have good information, mm-hmm. which means you need to pay attention yeah. so you can gather good information and be like, be able to see 
what is around you. Yep. So yeah, it's great if your boss does all the six things and makes this really great atmosphere, this great air everybody breathes mm-hmm. um, to create meaning in the workplace. But it is also an individual thing. Yeah. So even if your supervisor or your company is not doing that, that doesn't mean that you can't do it yourself. Yeah. That you can't look and see what is happening. Let's go back to those janitors in that hospital. Yeah, I was just going to say, talk about that. That had like, I don't know if people remember this, but... This this was the job crafting episode, and there is a study by Dr. Wierski, I think that's her name, um, who basically found these janitors at the hospital who were supposed to clean, right? But what she found was that they were doing all kinds of things in the context of the greater purpose of the organization. Yeah, They were stopping by several times a day to check on those who didn't have visitors. Yeah, They were changing the pictures on the walls of people who were there for a long time. Um, they were doing all of these things, and they really understood their role yeah. in supporting patient health and well-being and recovery and healing. Mm-hmm. So... And I just think so many of us, if we really look deep, can find how our work is meaningful. Yeah. Why is it important to the world? Who needs this? What purpose does it serve? Like in all kinds of service industries, you know, folks are solving problems, creating beauty, mm-hmm. um, feeding people, yeah. you know, all of the things. And so this last piece, which it's at the end of the day, we have our own agency. Yeah. It's at the end of the day, it's up to us. It's up to us. It's up to us. And those janitors in that study, um, if I remember correctly, expressed an increase, a significantly in significant increase in their job satisfaction. Oh yeah. And it was simply because they had taken the time to connect their work to the greater good and pay attention and and this is that mindfulness piece um and even do a few things that were not in their job description yeah it's not in their job description to clean the floor twice a day in the room of the patient that doesn't have any visitors that's not their job yeah yeah um and i think we did find this one last study which we can link in the um, show notes that really showed that when people are intentionally aware of their actions reactions and thoughts Mm. i mean meaning sorry, mindfulness, they naturally become more attentive to the environment that they're performing the tasks in. And then they recognize that their everyday interactions are clearly um, linked to this greater purpose and therefore they have meaning. It's a really interesting kind of walk. And if you're aware, you stop and you realize you just had this sweet conversation with the coworker. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody held the door for you when you were walking in with a handful of stuff, right? When we just stop and are aware of what's happening. Yeah. We can really see so much more. Yeah. And that maybe and then maybe you get into a work quake, but that's fine too. Yeah. Right? That's fine too. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I I personally am gonna be a little bit more mindful too. Maybe a that. tremor, maybe a work tremor. Well, and I think that that's just it. I mean, to to bring it back to my story from the beginning, what I need to do is bring some mindfulness to where I'm feeling right now. And I bet you I'm gonna find the meaning that I just couldn't see because I'm just in the middle of it. You know, that mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um Exercise, I think, is going to help me, and yeah, maybe I'll see my work quake too. This this whole this whole episode makes me so hopeful, right? Mm-hmm. I always have hope when there are things we can do ourselves, right? Yeah, like there's things we can do. We're not at the, we're not at the mercy of everybody else and everything else. You know, we get to 
we get to do so much with meaning, starting with defining it ourselves, and then deciding we're going to change what's meaningful for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is, as I end many of our episodes, get out there, listeners, and get yourself some more meaning. (laughs) It's going to be good for you. What are you waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye, folks. Karina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Karina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 